Well met, traveler. In today's Stories of Skyrim video, I will be recounting the tales of a brief history of the Empire, part two. Let us begin. A Brief History of the Empire, Part 2. Volume 1 of this series described in brief the lives of the first eight emperors of the Septum Dynasty, beginning with a glorious Tiber Septum and ending with his great, 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 great grandniece, Kintara II. Kintara's murder in Glenpoint while in captivity is considered by some to be the end of the pure strain of septum blood in the imperial family. Certainly it marks the end of something significant. Uriel III not only proclaimed himself Emperor of Tamriel, but also Uriel Septum III, taking the eminent surname as a title. In truth, his surname was Mantiarco, from his father's line. In time, Uriel III was deposed and his crimes reviled. But the tradition of taking the Septum name as a title for the Emperor of Tamriel did not die with him. For six years, the War of the Red Diamond, which takes its name from the Septum family's famous badge, tore the Empire apart. Combatants were the three surviving children of Pelagius II's Potema, Sifuros, and Magnus, and their various offspring. Potema, of course, supported her son, Uriel III, and had combined support of all Skyrim and Northern Morrowind. With the efforts of Sephiroth and Magnus, however, the province of High Rock turned coat. Province of Hammerfell, Somerset Isle, Elsewhere, and Blackmarsh were divided in their loyalty, but most kings supported Sephiroth and Magnus. In year 127 of the Third Era, Uriel III was captured by the Battle of Ichdad in Hammerfell. En route to his trial in the Imperial City, a mob overtook his prisoner's carriage and burned him alive within. His captor and uncle continued to the Imperial City and by common acclaim was proclaimed Sephiris I, Emperor of Tamriel. Sephiris' reign was marked by nothing but war. By all accounts, he was a kind and intelligent man. But what Tamriel needed was a great warrior, and fortunately, he was that. It took an additional 10 years of constant warfare for him to defeat his sister Potema, the so-called Wolf Queen of Solitude, who died in the siege of her city-state in the year 137. Sephiroth survived with his sister by only three years. He never had time during the war years to marry, so it was his brother, the fourth child of Pelagius II, who assumed the throne. The Emperor Magnus was already elderly when he took up the Imperial Diadem, and the business of punishing the traitorous kings of the War of the Red Diamond drained much of his remaining strength. Legend accuses Magnus' son and the heir of Pelagius III of patricide, 
but that seems highly unlikely for no other reason than Pelagius was king of solitude following the death of Potema and seldom visited the imperial city. Pelagius III, sometimes called Pelagius the Mad, was proclaimed emperor in the 145th year of the Third Era. Almost from his start, his eccentricities of behavior were noted at court. He embarrassed dignitaries, offended his vassal kings, and on one occasion marked the end of an imperial grand ball by attempting to hang himself. His long-suffering wife was finally awarded the Regency of Tamriel, and Pelagius III was sent to a series of healing institutions and asylum until his death in the 153rd year of the Third Era at the age of 34. The Empress Regent of Tamriel was proclaimed Empress Katara the first upon the death of her husband. Some who do not mark the end of the Septum bloodline with the death of Kintara II consider the ascendancy of this dark elf woman the true mark of its decline. Her defenders, on the other hand, assert that though Katara was not descended from Tiber, the son she had with Pelagius was, so the imperial claim did continue. Despite racist assertions to the contrary, Katara's 46-year reign was one of the most celebrated in Tamriel's history. Uncomfortable with the imperial city, Katara traveled extensively throughout the empire, such as no emperor had since Tiber's day. She repaired much of the damage that the previous emperor's broken alliances and bungled diplomacy created. The people of Tamriel came to love their empress far more than the nobility did. Katara's death in a minor skirmish in Black Marsh is a favorite subject of conspiracy-minded historians. The sage, Montalius's discovery, for instance, of a disenfranchised branch of the Septum family and their involvement with the skirmish was a revelation indeed. When Cassandir assumed the throne upon the death of his mother, he was already middle-aged, only half-elven, he aged like a Breton. In fact, he had left the rule of Wayrest to his half-brother, Uriel, due to poor health. Nevertheless, as the only true blood relation of Pelagius, and thus Tiber, he was pressed into accepting the throne. To no one's surprise, the Emperor Cassandir's reign did not last long. In two years, he joined his predecessors in eternal slumber. Uriel Lariat, Cassandir's half-brother and the child of Katara I and her imperial consort, Galavir Lariat, after the death of Pelagius III, left the kingdom of Wayrest to rule as Uriel IV. Legally, Uriel IV was a septum. Cassandir had adopted him into the royal family when he became king of Wayrest. Nevertheless, the council and the people of Tamriel, he was a bastard child of Katara. Uriel did not possess the dynasticism of his mother, and his 43-year reign was a hotbed of sedation. Thank you for listening to today's Stories of Skyrim episode. If you enjoyed, consider leaving a like, subscribing, and sharing this video with a friend. I thank you for listening if you made it this long, and I'll see you in the next Stories of Skyrim video.